I'll let you guys go ahead and get your Bible out. We'll start off in the book of Titus today, um, but you might get a pen out as well. We're going to be all over the place. Normally, we don't get to do that. Thank you, John. We don't get to do that, um, but uh, today we're doing something a little bit different. Uh, I'm sure this has happened all over the place, but uh, today we're talking about what is a pastor. What's the role of the pastor? What, what's funny is I don't think I've ever had a pastor stand in his own pulpit that I've been present with and preach on what it means to be a pastor. And there's a reason for it because it scares the fire out of the one preaching it. Amen? Like it's, it's really one of those odd things. We normally bring someone in to talk to you about me while I sit on the front row, so to speak. Um, but today... Is different as I have just been pouring through the word the last few weeks was ready to preach on Philip and the eunuch we're having baptism today it would have worked out perfectly um, but the further I dug into the word and the further I was just in personal study I just want to share with you what the role of the pastor is and it's it's a little scary because once you know there's accountability amen um, I, I don't know about you, my father-in-law, he, he's fun. He texted me right before uh, the baptism this morning. And as, as we're talking about uh, Scott coming in and being our executive pastor, which is kind of a current term for uh, past minister of administration and discipleship, he's going to be doing a lot. And my father-in-law, I didn't tell him I was going to read this because I didn't have time, but I'm telling you this morning. Uh, he's a minister and retired, served the Lord for many years in that very role that Scott's coming into. He says, I want to leave you with this thought. If you take the root word of administration, it means to add to ministry. The purpose of your new minister is not to take anything away from your role as pastor, but to add to and be a helper in the ministry. I thought, man, when I grow up, I want to be wise. Amen? You know, we, we, we wonder, anytime something new comes in, we wonder, what is that going to do? Um, what, what does that mean for Pastor David? What does Pastor David do? You know, we, we've heard jokes and I've made them my whole life. I think you just work on Wednesday and half a day, half a day on Wednesday and Sunday, right? And, and, and we've, we've laughed about it. We've seen extreme examples of pastors. Um, we we've know real stories of pastors passing the plate and when it gets back to them, it's not enough. So they keep passing it again. Um, we've heard stories of, of pastors who don't take a salary. They just take what they need out of the offering plate. We, I've, I've gotten to listen to a pastor that said that, that it's my job to let people know what heaven will look like when they get there. So I should, I should wear this, and I should drive this, and I should come like this. And you know what? We need to know what's biblical, don't we? We need to know what is the role of the pastor. And if you're sitting out there, your story may be similar to mine. I've, I've been basically raised in church. That does not mean I've been a Christian my whole life, amen. And it does not mean I have been worthy of the call uh, of, of God upon my life. I've, I've walked that road. But my mom uh, did a great job of keeping us connected to people who, who love Jesus and who loved us. But growing up in church, I don't think I had a personal relationship that I can really remember with my pastor uh, or any of my pastors growing up. Um, I knew them, and they were mostly nice. I had, I've had one pastor that I did something, uh, I handled myself inappropriately and asked for forgiveness, and, and he walked away. So, so just like you, my story may be similar. Maybe you've been hurt in the church. 
Maybe you've wondered why the pastor did or why the pastor didn't. Maybe you, you had a general understanding of what it meant to be the pastor, but something wasn't sitting right, and so you just weren't sure. It's just a strange thing to go to church and worship the Lord and have this person leading and not know 100% what Scripture holds them accountable to do. And today, we're going to have a, an accountability session with me and all of you. Does that work? Some of you like that way too much. I just, I just want you to know. So, so in it, I want to jump in because I could be here for a month and a half. Titus chapter 1, verse 7. We tend to know the pastor wording in two roles. One, we know it as pastor or shepherd. In, in the New Testament, the word shepherd is, is directly interpreted pastor throughout that. And so we have this idea of the pastor as a shepherd or under shepherd, not the main shepherd. We'll talk about that today in the church. But, but there's way more to that picture. And so if you're like me, if you're a paint by numbers person, we're just going to fill in all the numbers and see the picture that God painted for what it means to be the pastor and what it means to to go and to serve as as a, at a church when leadership and those kinds of things so we're just going to dive in deep and look at a different word as well first or excuse me titus chapter 1 verse 7 read it with me as i read it to you the bible says this for an overseer as god's steward must be above reproach he must not be arrogant or quick-tempered he not a drunkard or a violent or greedy for gain I'll go on to verse 8 just to finish it off. But hospitable, lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. There are a lot of qualities a pastor is called to have, a lot of things he's supposed to live in, and that's a whole other series of sermons. So don't skip over those. You can put your finger there and come back later on. But what we want to talk about is the role of pastor. And there's some words in, in this sentence that are familiar to us in our common um, day and day and age but maybe they don't mean the same thing as what they meant when paul wrote it to timothy i mean to titus you see titus was serving the lord as an overseer as a pastor on an island of crete right it's part of greece right in the heart um, away from Judaism, right in the heart of all the Greek mysticism, of all the Greek things. In fact, Paul says at the beginning of this letter to Titus in, in the first chapter is, verse 5, this is why I left you in Crete, so that you might appoint people to do something. See, this island of Crete is in need of the gospel. And, and the forces of culture are all around it. And Paul starts laying out to Titus in Greek language what the role of a pastor is. And he uses two words that we're going to camp out on. The first is in verse 7. It says, for an overseer. That's the first word we'll come to. And then it says, as God's steward. That's the second grouping of words we're going to come to today, okay? So if you're a note taker, take notes. If you, if you don't stay with me, I encourage you to come back and, and get it again. So the, the word God steward is the banner that I would tell you to use for every pastor. In fact, it's something that I would tell you to use even for your life. The, but specifically in scripture, God says to the person who is an overseer or pastor, you are God's steward. 
okay now now let's unpack this word steward because when i think of the word steward i i do think manager and that's at its root what it means but the but the greek word is economos economos and it really literally means the household manager it literally means the household manager yep the pastor is the head butler amen that's, that's kind of what this talks about. If you were to look and you were to ask someone in the Greek culture like Socrates before it all happened, he would say, this is the person who makes the best uses of the master's resources in the household. That, that's what Socrates would say. The Lord would give us a much more beautiful picture in, in Genesis chapter 39 through verse chapter 41. He would give us the picture of a life of Joseph. Do you remember Joseph? Sold into slavery by his brothers. And what does God do? He lets him be sold to a, a man named Potiphar, a soldier. And, and he is so faithful, Joseph is, that Potiphar puts him in charge of his whole household. Isn't that interesting? He made him a steward. And his job was to make sure that all of his business dealings were run well, that everyone in his house was taken care of, that his house was a place that was esteemed by those around, that his home was a place where life flourished, that his home was a place where everyone thought well of the master. Joseph was a steward. Well, the funny thing is, Potiphar thought it was of him, but Joseph knew he was God's steward in that moment. So Joseph then, after turning down advances by Potiphar's wife, why did he do that? Because he was the household manager. He wouldn't be honoring the master of the house by taking advantage of anything for himself. He gets thrown into jail. And he honors God. He's such a good steward in jail. Guess what the, the head of the prison does? Hey, would you just be in charge of the whole household of prisoners? And then that goes so well, Pharaoh, after having a dream, takes notice. And what does he do? He makes him the steward of everything, second only to him. What an incredible, if you want to know what the word steward means, just read Genesis chapter 39 through 41. And then we bring that back into what we're looking at now. If, if a pastor is God's steward, what does that mean? One, it means the pastor is a nobody. Because if the pastor makes himself into somebody, then he is taking glory that the master demands. See, but it doesn't just mean that he's a nobody, so to speak. It means that he is in charge of making sure that all of those in the assembly that are underneath his care are being taken care of to the highest standard of the, fa of the father, of the master. In practice, it means that a pastor is one who must have intimate knowledge of the, pa of the father, the Lord Almighty's heart. And with that intimate knowledge, do all that he can with all of the people, all of God's children, all the resources he can to esteem the name of the master. Now we could go home now, but I still got about 25 minutes left. Because that's the banner. And underneath that banner, 
Some of you are like, it's really 22, Pastor. I got you. I'm with you. Underneath this banner of God's steward, this role of pastor, these two roles, overseer and shepherd, come into play. And the word overseer here, starting it for an overseer, is a word you probably heard kind of a, a piece of in our world today. It's, uh, excuse me, I'm going to say it right. It's episkopos. It, it means bishop in our current kind of translation but i love the way it comes together because you need to know this is the standard for the pastor episkopos is two words a prefix and the word the word is scopos have you ever looked into a scope a microscope a telescope what what does a scope do it draws something small near it draws something distant into view. It's this idea of paying attention. The word epi is an intensifier. So as God's steward, a pastor is to be one that intently, purposefully knows the people of God in his life not, not someone who flippantly says when you have a prayer request I'll pray for you and then walks away and forgets it not, not someone who just walks and greets you in but a pastor by definition is someone with meaningful and purposeful care thinks about you you see church as God's steward it's one thing to know him intimately but if I don't know his people, if a pastor doesn't know his flock, then how can he take what he knows from the master and do anything with it? So a pastor ought to know those around him. Now, before you get too far over the corner, this is a big house, amen? Has anyone else gotten lost in this place, right? Everybody says, it's just a big circle. That's fine. I can get lost in a circle. That's not hard. We have hundreds of people. What do we do? Well, I think my father-in-law comes in. Scott coming in next week. Our minister's around us. There's a reason a pastor has to have others, men and women, working alongside of one another to carry out the duties of the pastor not because the pastor is greater but it is because the pastor is accountable so as you now have these two things framed in a pastor is God's steward as an overseer with his eye on the small things knowing intimately the people who are part of their family and a shepherd over them what does a pastor do we, we know now what a pastor is what does a pastor do I, I spent a ton of time in scripture there were times I had to step back because some of the passages are warnings right some of the scary things some of you in the room are firstborns I am not a firstborn right a firstborn like my wife is like I want you to tell me all the bad things so I know exactly what I'm getting into I'm the middle child I'm a peacemaker I'm like let's just all get along everybody's knows there's bad things out there it's okay 
It's all, we'll make it through. Studying God's word, there's a joyful weight that any man who stands appointed or called by God as pastor should carry. So the first thing I wrote down is a pastor is called to lead. A pastor is called to lead. If you have your Bible, you can turn with me. If not, you can follow us on the screen. Look at 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1 through 3. The Bible says this, Paul writes, Among you as a fellow elder and, and a witness of the suffering of Jesus Christ, as well as a partner in the glory that's going to be revealed, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those, uh, over those in your charge, but examples to the flock. You see, Paul, inspired by the Spirit, the Word come alive, says that a pastor is called to shepherd the flock. How? By exercising oversight. Now, now this is the hardest part. Because as a, as a doer, I love to do oversight. I love to exercise, period. But what God says for a pastor is his role is to exercise oversight, to make sure, think of a steward, that the household of God is honoring the Lord. And the reality is, is, is that it takes some direction. Moms, dads, you know this, right? I mean, this is a kind of funny thing about, about family life, and we're a family as a, as a people of God. Uh, we have two children. Both of them were born healthy. They're both reasonably fine guys and gals now. Do you know what? When they were, were old enough to wake up on their own, we didn't say, you know what? You got it from here. You're going to make it. I believe in you. When you're hungry, open the fridge, son. When, when you're ready to go visit friends, start crawling. You'll get there eventually. It's all right. You see, someone who cares about their family walks with them in life and makes sure that everything is in place that needs to be in place for the care of those around them. And so just like a parent or, or a mother or father, God has called a pastor to lead. Now, look how he's called him to lead. Not under compulsion, but willingly. That's how God would have you do it. I was speaking with a counselor not long ago, and he says, what, how would you define the word health if you were defining it for your life? I said, man, that's a great question. And on a whim, and I've, I've, I've chewed on that ever since that encounter, I said, I think health is when I am pouring into people and not being pulled by people. I think health for me is when I'm pouring into and not being pulled by. See, because when you're being pulled by, you're doing it under compulsion, amen? Has anyone ever had to do anything by compulsion? Join the PTA. Tell the pastor you would serve on the committee after telling him no three times. Any, anybody ever do anything under compulsion? Right? Children, you can't have your dessert until you eat your dinner. That's compulsion. It's not as fun. 
What God says is when a pastor serves, when he leads, it shouldn't be under compulsion, but willingly. It shouldn't be about shameful game. It should be eagerly under the Lord. It shouldn't be domineering, but as an example. You see, this role to lead as a pastor is one that is absolutely out front. It's absolutely one that has responsibility over the household, over the flock of the Lord that the God has, has given him in that place but in the midst of that a pastor must know it is not his and it is the joyful accountability and responsibility not meant for himself how do i know hebrews 13 17 this is the verse that stings i'd love to just read you the first half but i'll read the whole thing to you the first half says obey or honor your leaders and submit to them see that's that's the part we like to read but, but i want you to read the whole thing Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give account. You see, there, there is something that God has said that is specific for pastors that's unique. You don't have to worry about holding the pastor accountable. It needs to be done, and we have structures in this place. But there is an accountability for knowing your flock, for loving people and leading them well, that God Almighty will hold every person who surrenders to the call of Christ as pastor. Don't get me wrong, I'd rather stand before 72 deacon committees. I, I, I would rather every mom in the church come and tell me what they really think of my parenting skills. But there is an accountability that every pastor must understand so the, so the one that, that drives fancy cars in order to X, Y, Z, or the one who thinks it's about building his kingdom, or the one who wants you to experience their presence, to the one that is humble and on the side of the road, every person who God has called to leave his, lead his pastor will be held accountable by God Almighty. And what Paul says in this moment is, that's a reason to pray for him. The pastor is an imperfect individual called to lead. And so a pastor must know the heart of the one who he's leading for, God. So prayer must be the rhythm of a pastor's life. But Paul writes this to the church. And it's a request for prayer. Because every pastor will be held accountable by God for leading the flock well. So a pastor is called to lead as God's steward. A pastor is called to feed. I think this is the thing we most understand. We think of it as a shepherd. A pastor is called to, to feed the flock of the Lord. Well, throughout Scripture, you can look all the way from the Old Testament to the New Testament. God talks about feeding being His Word being shared. Amen? One of my favorite Old Testament passages is about the Lord's Word being honey on your lips. Because, because it feeds and nourishes our people. So a pastor, if we are not feeding the sheep, if our sermons are self-help books and they aren't God-honoring directives, then you're eating dead grass. You're not being fed. And so God lays it out just very clearly in Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15. He says, And I will give you a shepherd after my own heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Have you ever had a dream 
When, when we had children, I had a dream of the kind of father I would be. Did you have, if you have children, did you have that dream? Maybe you're a teenager and you have a dream of the kind of father or mother you would be. You kind of lay it out and put it into it. If I were to tell you my dream as the pastor of what it means to feed God's people, it would be here in Jeremiah. Lord, that you would let me be a pastor, a shepherd after your heart who will feed with knowledge and understanding. A pastor is called to feed, but church, a pastor is called to feed God's word. 15 years ago, I was reading an article. Uh, a company had a new breakout thing for churches, was gonna save churches a lot of money because you wouldn't have to pay pastors. And so this is not a joke. They created a program, it's probably not in existence anymore, Lord willing, where they, they had kind of a survey group in the audience that had buttons and they played sermons from different ministers throughout history. And it was you know kind of one of these like, role player games but preacher game is probably the least fun game anyone ever played but but when they liked something they would push this and and they would get a better sermon like that next week if they didn't like something the pastor said it would change to a different sermon illustration church there's a reason we don't have those buttons in this church amen why well look what god's word says a pastor's job is to feed second timothy chapter 4 verse 2 preach the word be ready in season and out of season to reprove rebuke exhort with complete patience and teaching you see just like eating food we have to eat the good and the good for us a pastor is held accountable by god to feed the people of god what will nourish their soul towards him and sometimes there's brussels sprouts of scripture or a little bitter. Amen? <laughs> Doc told me the other day to work on my diet. I said, what should I eat? The first thing he said was bitter greens. I said, you lost me at bitter mouth. Church, a pastor should be in God's word so often and so regularly knowing his flock so intently and so personally that he is able to share the food of the Lord with them that will strengthen them in trial, in discipline, or in encouragement. So a pastor has to be a gatherer, gathering from the word of God so that he can feed the flock of the Lord so that it can thrive so that when they're hurt, they can heal. You see, this, this, the third role of a pastor is to lead, to feed, and to care. Look, look what your Bible says here, and, and I'll read it out of Ezekiel chapter 34. Ezekiel chapter 34, verse 1, 2 through 10. It's a long passage of Scripture, but I want you to hear it because it's important to understand what God thinks of pastors who don't care for, for the flock he is a house manager of. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. You can sub in the word pastor. Prophesy against them, prophesy and say to them, even to the shepherds, thus says the Lord, ah, shepherds of Israel, you who have been feeding yourself, should shepherds not feed sheep? You eat the fat 
You clothe yourselves in wool. You slaughter the flat ones, but you don't feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened. The sick you have not healed. The injured you have not bound up. The strayed you have not brought back. The lost you have not sought. And with force and harshness you've ruled. Verse 5, and so they were scattered. I'm going to stop there. Praise Jesus. One, that I was not among those whom Ezekiel was speaking to in that moment. But how much does God love his children? He loves his children so much that if those who are called to shepherd, to care for them, are not caring for them, God not only scatters them, but he promises discipline and destruction on the shepherd. You see, church, because a pastor ought to, episcopos, know those whom God has entrusted into his house manager place, his assembly, so that when someone is weak, that he has time and goes to strengthen them. That when someone is hurting, he goes to spend time to heal them. When they have been injured, when they have strayed, and when they are lost. A pastor is called to care for his flock. If a pastor is not a people person, he cannot be a biblical pastor. Acts 20, verse 28 would say it this way, pay careful attention to the flock. Pay careful attention to yourself in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God. Why? Because Jesus obtained it with his own blood. Do you know if the offering plates run empty, if the building is condemned, we have lost nothing. Because the bride of Christ is the most valuable thing in all of history. How do I know? Because Jesus paid the ultimate, unique, only price for your life. So come what may, church, I am called and have the joy of trying to love you in such a way to where you see the value and the love of God that he has placed on your life. That is the role of the pastor. Well, to do that, a pastor must spend time with the people around him. Finally, the Bible says that a pastor's job is to equip. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12 through 13 says it this way. To equip the saints for the work of ministry. Why? For the building up of the body of Christ. Until we all attain the unity of faith and knowledge of the Son of God. To mature manhood. To the measure and the statue, stature and the fullness of Christ. You see, a pastor through feeding. A pastor through caring. A pastor through through leading has one thing on his mind the mission of the master of the house and do you know what the mission of the master of the house is that his kingdom would be filled with his children 
Jesus tells the story of the, of the father throwing a wedding feast for his son and no one came in. So what did he do? He sent out the servants, the house managers, to do what? To gather anyone they could to give glory to the master. Now the beauty of the bride of Christ and the truth of the priesthood of believers is this is that the mission of the Lord is that you might desire to be a house manager. Now, it says to be called to be a house manager, an overseer, that's a worthy thing to pursue that. It's worthy. Because the, the goal of the house manager is that we could just be a part of seeing what belongs to the Lord made beautiful and made full. To equip the, the saints is not just to make you stout for Jesus. It's so that in maturity, in fullness, in unity, the bride of Christ would come together from every region, every end of the earth. And that you on your heart would have a desire to be all that God has made you to be. Church, what is a pastor? Just a house manager who wants to make sure that the smallest things in the heart of God and the smallest things in your life come together so that you can see the worth and the calling that Jesus Christ has on your life. So today, our invitation is going to be different. I could not manage the house of God to say, unless I said, if you're not part of the house of the Lord, our Father's house is a beautiful place. Your life is so meaningful to Jesus that he shed his blood to make a way for you to come in and celebrate, to clothe you in righteousness where your sin had made you filthy. And all it takes is receiving his invitation and allowing him to clothe you as master of the house. But if you are part of the body of Christ, invitation is just going to be to ask you to pray see because here it's not just that I'm overseeing but God has called others to feed to lead to care and equip God has given us Pastor Mike and Pastor Omar and you've seen their hearts he's calling Scott and others and our prayer would be that you would join us that on the day of accountability that our master's glory would shine let's pray Father God you are the master of the house Lord our world is filled with the word pastor and preachers and churches and titles Lord we we, we try to describe, Lord, but what your word has already made clear 
makes obvious, makes obvious what a pastor is called to be. So Lord, in an unusual day, when, Lord, I preach about our pastors, Lord, as Scott comes, would you let us be your stewards, overseers and shepherds? Would you let us fill our days and nights with prayers and studies, with intimate times, Lord, with you and with those you've called us to spend and enjoy life with? Lord, if there are those in this room that have been hurt by a pastor, Father God, Lord, in this moment, would you allow them to see what your word has called a pastor to be? Lord, for those who have broken from the, the flock, Lord, right now, would you let them know, Lord, we are pursuing them. Because we love them because they are yours. Lord, let us be a church. God's stewards so manage all that you have given us to manage that your name shines above every other light this community can see in Jesus name